so wonderful fellowshipping together, church. Great to hear you talking to one another and your love for one another. Such an example. Well, we are excited this morning to have Mario preach the Word of God to us. For those of you who don't know him yet, Mario's been a longtime member of our church and uh, as in his own words, he's marinated here in our local church for many years and in the midst of this time, uh, God really touched his heart. And um, when I think of Mario, I think of the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. This is a verse probably very familiar to all of you. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Mario was a guy looking to live and fulfill the American dream in his own words. And God really rescued him from pursuing such an empty dream by giving him a vision to really own and embrace that scripture. You are not your own. Your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. Holy Spirit stirred his heart. And he began to really have a longing to take the gospel back to his home nation of Croatia where he grew up. And we are delighted about that. We were so excited, Ben, John, and I, investing in him over the last couple of years, discipling him here in our church. Then Mario went and spent a year over in Croatia at a Bible college over there so that he could learn the theological concepts, especially related around the gospel in his own tongue over in Croatia, but then he came back here over this last year to attend our Sovereign Grace Church's Pastors College, and he just graduated from there, and we are so glad to have you back, brother, and we're so thankful for you to be here to preach God's word to us, and so we are so excited as a church that uh, we are going to have the honor, Lord willing, of sending you guys forth on August 7th. That's going to be an emotional Sunday. We're going to have a church picnic afterwards so we can all get our last hugs and all that in. But this is the gospel, brothers and sisters. It's meant to break forth. It's meant to go out. It's not meant to sit in a stagnant pond. It's meant to flow out from all of our lives, but also to the nations. And the Lord's going to lay burdens on all of our hearts to take the gospel forth. And let us remember the verse that so struck Mario. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. We are not here to live for the American dream. We are here for Christ. We're Christ's. We've been bought by his blood, and we've only got one light to live. Let us live all out for Christ. Thanks for your example, bro, and you too, Jen, and your family, and how you've embraced that. Can we welcome Mario as he comes to preach God's word to us? Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Thank you. Can I use the timer? I'm going to need help with time, so. (laughs) I don't even know how to start this. You know, good morning. Good morning, friends. 
Good morning, church. Um, good morning, family. You know, last last two weeks since we got back, I think homecoming is the 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 word. Homecoming to this church, to you guys. Well, let me let me just be a little bit. Oh, this is serious now. For one second. In the last three years, as CB mentioned, we were we really did travel a lot, you know. So with four small kids, um, leaving our home, pursuing what God is calling us, getting ready, and we visited, we visited a lot of churches, you know, some Grace churches, uh, partner churches, visited a lot, and um, yes, we saw good gospel preaching and uh, worship. Worshiping our churches, but there's something, and I know I said this time after time, there's something special here. There's something real in this church, in this place. You have our pastors, CB, Ben, John, laying down their lives, they're doing it every day. And they, their love for the gospel, for the cross, amazement by the cross and love for the church is beyond what I have witnessed in visiting these churches around. Amazing. They're a gift to you, to us. And then you, you know, you come here on Sunday, there's baggage. You know, what what happened this morning? What happened last night? But you come here as a family, sinners saved by grace, and you live it. You don't say it and leave it there. You don't read it and leave it there. You live it. The way you worship, the way you fellowship, it's beyond what I have witnessed outside this church. This is a special place. This is a special place, and you are the reason, Lord's willing, there would be a gospel-centered church in Croatia because of what you faithfully doing every day. <clears throat> Just amazing to be here. I'm, I'm holding a little bit to not be more emotional, but you're a gift to me, to my wife, to my children. Let us let us turn to uh, to scripture. We're gonna we're gonna read uh, Ephesians two, letter to Ephesians um, two one through ten. If you want to turn your Bible, the Word of God. This is why we're here. <clears throat> And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us up with him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, so that in coming ages he might show us the immeasurable richness of his grace in kindness 
toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let us pray, please. Oh, Lord God, what amazing gift this is, Lord, that we as a church, sinners saved by grace, God, can come together as a family this morning, fully aware that the almighty creator of the universe is with us. God, we don't deserve this privilege. We don't deserve to stand here, Lord. Really, we don't know why we're here, why us, but you did. Lord, I pray this morning that you use this, your word. I pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us through this word, Lord, your word. To go deep in our souls and minds, Lord. Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit this morning to encourage, remind, and remember, to remember, remind us, Lord. I pray in the Holy Jesus' name. Amen. The richness and the depth of the amazing love and grace we just heard in this text, the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, is overwhelming. You know, if you think about it, if you slow down and read what it says, there's no words. I'm standing in front of you just perplexed that the creator of the universe is here today with us. Brothers and sisters, friends and friends, the creator universe is here with, with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. This Sunday morning in Reading, Pennsylvania, in this school. And not just that. He's here with us today, deeply caring for our souls and guiding us through his word. This passage gives us a clear understanding of our past state separated from Christ, our present state in Jesus Christ. There is a sovereign plan and purpose in our journey from darkness to light, from death to life. We are God's workmanship saved by grace, through faith in Christ, and created for good works, prepared beforehand. See, we are invited this morning to remember that we always stand before our Savior, to be reminded that once we were dead in our sins, before we were made alive by the cross of God's mercy and grace. And to think about our response to His love and the free gift of salvation, as the ones being created in Jesus Christ for the good works prepared beforehand. There are three main points we'll discuss today. But before I go in there, you noticed I have an accent, right? <clears throat> so I, this is why we need even more Holy Spirit this morning. Three main points we'll discuss today. Number one, our past in darkness, one to three. Number two, we were saved by grace through faith, 4 to 9, verses 4 to 9. And number three, we were created in Christ for good works, 1, 10. 
So during imprisonment in Rome, Paul is writing this encouraging letter in order to remind and strengthen the Ephesians. Okay, so let's 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 go back and see what's what's the original audience. What happened? What what, what was the purpose of this letter? So the Paul is writing this encouraging letter to remind and strengthen the Ephesians. The city of Ephesus was an economically prosperous port city, and everyday life was filled with theaters, entertainment, trade, and was relatively similar to our world today. If you look around, I mean, it's pretty much the same, same event. As a believing and traveling church in this city, everything seemed great from the outside. However, there was a danger from the culture surrounding the church. The enemy was trying to shake the foundation of their faith, sovereign supremacy of Christ. The believers needed to be reminded of their past, present, and future in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They needed to be reminded in order to keep their focus on their state as the redeemer, redeemed children of God. And to look forward, forward to the future that's ahead. Verses 1 through 3 here painted a vivid picture of reality of human sin. Our souls separated from God, determined to do as we please, without any ability to seek or know God apart from divine revelation of himself to us. In verses 1, we clearly see that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were dead. God confirms in book of Romans 3, verses 10 to 12, our deadness to things of God. It says, no one is righteous. No. Not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. One of our pastors here at Christ Community Church always said it this way. You were running as fast as you could away from God until he snatched you out of darkness. I believe you recognize that. These verses, my friends, describe us. Every single one of us in this, this room. It is not easy to think about ourselves in this way. We like to think we're good people, right? Not that bad. We want to protect our self-image, our self-esteem, and this news is devastating news. That reveal who we really are and our darkness inside. So the question is, how good actually are we? Number one, this is how this is how God answers this. Number one, we were dead in the sins we lived and walked in. Number two, we followed the prince of the power of air. We followed Satan. Powers of Satan. Number three, we let the passion of our mind and body guide our decisions and actions. Number four, and we were children of wrath, sinful nature. This is hard truth and reality of human beings without Christ. But it's true. But praise God, this is not the end of the story. Brothers and sisters in the This is actually a great reminder to some and a wake-up call to others. Because he who sees that he's a greater sinner needs a greater Savior. 
And we have one. Church, let us not forget. This is why we need to remind each other. Often. Remind each other of our past. Dear church. See, I'm often reminded when I look back in my, in my la- life before Christ. I grew up in Croatia, ex-Yugoslavia, uh, during the war, bloodiest war conflict uh, post, post-World War II. Yeah, you grew up in a small country in Europe. You know, the Vespas, Expressos. Life was, life was okay. Nice, quiet life. And overnight, I witnessed the evil, the sin, the fallen world. Overnight, the neighbor turned on his neighbor. Friend turned on his friend. Brother on his brother. Overnight, there was evil and murder in the eye of a brother or a friend. I could not understand. I could not, I didn't have no words to express what is going on. There was also one thing when I looked back, I realized, I always noticed, I always pointed finger and said, they are the enemy. They are the one who's doing it. They are the evil ones. They are the one who's doing this. And I never looked in here. I never looked in here. I never saw evil in myself. I was an innocent victim. They were the guilty ones. See, before the God intervened in my life, my wife and I, we loved the party. Before God saved us, we were in the world. We were living the high life. We opposed God in every corner of our lives and grieved Him in everything we did. We hated God. I just came to America 21 to be with my wife. And we got married right away. That was the worst years. That was a difficult and dark time of my life. Because I was the center of my universe. My wife was the center of her universe. We didn't know the Lord. I was selfish. She was selfish. We were desperate. And we were on the brink of divorce. We were hopeless. And it was at that time, 2004, when the Lord saved my wife, opened her eyes. And then six months later, he opened my eyes. And then everything changed. But we didn't start there. Sometimes it's hard to understand how we can be forgiven. And I was wondering, how can I be forgiven of the sins I did? This is bad. This is dark. After all the things I did, God is going to forgive me? Brothers and sisters and and friends, let us not forget who we were. Okay, Let us not forget who we were before Christ. Let's remember the darkness we were once a part of. The helplessness of our being, the pain, the fear, the sadness, the despair. Remember those days? We were slaves to our sins and there was no escape. There was no hope. Let me read again. Dead, cursed, 
followers of Satan, sons of disobedience, passionate in sin, seeking the desire of the body, and children of wrath. This, people's my, this people, my friends, were you and I. We were living in darkness, promoting the ways of Satan, being the darkness ourselves. A guaranteed future for our disobedience against the holy and almighty God was extreme punishment forever in hell. You and I deserve the full wrath of God. We were dead with no hope of escaping the judgment of our sin. What a way to start a sermon, huh? Where is the love, you may ask? Come on, Mario. Give us something to lift us up. We need encouragement. You see, there's no hope. There's no freedom if you're not aware who we were, what are we saved from, who saved us, and who are we now. We need to be reminded, church. Yes, this is heavy. But in order to go to the next point, we need to remind ourselves of our past. We once walked in. See, we don't know all the mysteries of God. But we know the mystery of God. We know the most important mystery of God. Remember back days uh, in my in my uh, in my in my searching days. What I mean is, you know, growing up without Christ, every time I would look at the ocean, um, mountains, stars, that was a mystery. You know, the question question will come come time after time: Who? What? What's the meaning of this? Because those, those creation, that creation is just rousing the question, like, wow, how is this possible? What's the mean? What's, you see the stars at night, what? I was pursuing that answer for a long, long time. I praise the Lord today for giving me the answer of the meaning of life, and here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16 That leads us to point number two. Saved by grace through faith and hope in future. Transitioning from the end of verse 3 into verse 4 and 9, the message takes a turn. Back in Ephesians, we had verses 3, 4 and 9. The message takes a turn in another direction. From the reality of our past to the hope for our future. And in verse 4, we see it starts with, But God. These two words are so powerful. But God. Because despite everything we just read about ourselves, and all we're done against God, and it's just right to punish us for eternity, We received mercy, love, grace. What? Why? Because of his rich mercy and great love 
It says in verse 4. And it gets even better than this in verse 5. When did he give us this great love, mercy, and grace? Is it when we found him? When we turned our lives around? When we pulled ourselves out of the sinking sand and decided never to sing again? No. Verse 5 says, It was even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ, with Christ. So while we were still living our lives of sin and darkness, apart from God, that was when he chose to give us his rich grace and mercy. And just in case we thought we had something to contribute to this, we have Romans 5 and 8. And I know you know this verse, church. Because this verse is a flag over this building. And Romans 5 and 8 says, But God showed his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then, he says two times in the letter to Ephesians, verses 5 through 8, By grace you have been saved. So what is grace? Twenty minutes already. What is grace? Okay, well let me let me quote some of our brothers in Christ to see what they think what, what their explanation of grace. I'm gonna do with John Newton. A righteousness in him and a hope depends not upon the exercise of grace in us, but upon the fullness of grace and love in him and upon his obedience unto death. John MacArthur. God's grace is a merit favor toward the wicked, unworthy sinners by which he delivers them from condemnation and death. Martin Luther. Christ took our sins and the sins of the whole world as well as the Father's wrath on his shoulders and he has drowned them both in himself so that we are thereby reconciled to God and became completely righteous. What do you say to that? Church? That's a reminder. Now we see in here in Ephesians verses 8 and 9 that Paul almost expects, let me say it again, We see in here in Ephesians verses 8 and 9 that Paul almost expects that we will try to earn or work this gift or contribute our own goodness or worthiness to receive this great gift. So he clarifies to us clearly when he says, and this is not your own doing, it is gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. He's telling us how this salvation came to us, this new life. It was not our decision. We didn't find God or turn to Him. We didn't just decide to start being a good person or make a new resolution. None of these things happened for any of us who are here saved. He saved us by His free gift, unmerited through faith, and we did not work it or earn it. So we are all free from being proud of ourselves that we discovered something or that we are clever. Or that God saw something extra special in us. Something more special than the rest of the world. 
Because then, it wouldn't be based on his free gift. It would be our merit. God doesn't want us to boast in our salvation. Because he's the one who did the work. That sent his son. That saved us in spite of our sin. So how much did we contribute to our salvation? Nothing. What did we contribute? Rebellion and sin. What did God contribute? Mercy, grace, love, and He sent His Son to die for us. And if we feel tempted to boast about something we have done to get ourselves to heaven, let's go back. Verses 1 to 3. And read them again. And again. I know I need this reminder. Oh, church, so much to celebrate here. This is the meaning of life. This is the reason of our worship. This is the reason of our joy. The God Almighty, creator of the universe, has given his holy, blameless, perfect son to die on the cross for me, for you, for us. The price of my darkness, my sin, my disobedience was blood of God. Saved by grace and mercy, you and I. Church, I think we all, are, all in this, in here in this room, we, we received gifts in our life. You know, you have, you have birthdays, you have Christmas, you have anniversaries. Um, and I love birthdays. Tomorrow is actually Yosef, my youngest son's birthday. He's turning five, so we have something for him. Happy birthday, brother! Yeah, love you, man. And we have something for him. So the excitement of seeing him, of them opening that gift, you know, even when you're receiving, you know, it's like there's excitement, you know, there's joy, there's it's just there's just joy. I love those moments. And as a as a reminder of you know those gifts, I want to look back. How do we respond to the gift we have received? What what is what is our response to the gift we have just received? I have no emotion, words, or ability to express my gratitude for the gift of salvation we have received, brothers and sisters. The love we have received and are still receiving is truly the magnificent gift we don't deserve. For all of us who have repented of our sin, asked for forgiveness, and turned toward the Lord, we have received this love and forgiveness. We are the children of God. We are the loved ones. Dear friends, if you are here this morning, and you are seeking the answers, seeking relief from your pain, if you are feeling the weight of your sins and hurt of the sins done to you, please repent and believe. The Savior Jesus Christ had died so you can be free. By grace through faith we were made alive and not just alive. We also have hope and peace for the future. God has promised us heavenly places 
and immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness. So how do we respond? How do we respond to this gift? What should we do? Church, what is our role now? If you really stop, reflect, remember, remember, realize we are in awe, we are in worship. What do we do? There was only one response for them in Ephesus and for us today, brothers and sisters. And that is a joyful service and worship. And this leads me to the point three, our final point. Let me read Ephesians 2.10 again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, it is important for us to understand this verse correctly, lest we fall in the trap, a slippery slope of being tempted to work in order to earn God's approval or earn our salvation. We need to be aware that we are created for good works, but that those good works do not give us or define our righteous standings before God. Our righteous standing was given to us as a free gift through the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Our justification before God was settled. Our guilty charge was dismissed. He has washed away all of our sins, past, present, and future. Clean. But here Paul is talking to us about a future action. So we are realizing this. We're in awe, we're in worship. Future actions, looking forward. Now that we are created in Christ, we are free to love, to serve, to give, to preach, to testify, to help. Now we are able to do good works. Now, as a good and appropriate response to what He has done for us. And God desired this. The Creator of the universe desired this. He's pleased with you when you do good works in Him, and by his strength, it brings him glory. He says that these things were prepared beforehand. He ordains for us to do these good works and walk in them. So we have entered the unchangeable mercy, love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are we going to do with this gift? We have it. What good work is God calling you? To do at this time? Is it something God is placing in your heart to step out in faith for? Or is it perseverance or steadfastness in something you are already doing? Where is the Holy Spirit convicting you to grow in your humble service to Him? Is it Asia, Africa, global mission? Or is it a lost neighbor across the street, at your workplace, or your close relative? Is it serving more at your church, in your community, or just starting to serve, perhaps? Is it loving the unlovable co-worker, forgiving someone, or asking for forgiveness? Is it spending more time with your children and spouse, or stepping out of the comfort zones to give more time outside of your home? Is it forsaking comfort, sleep, money, Pleasure to live for and serve the kingdom of God. 
See, for a while, I didn't know. I was seeking. I didn't know what was my conviction. And actually, it was on my uh, on my couch in my home, my cozy couch. See, when God saved me, He blessed me. I had a, I had a career, good job, a nice home, four children, two cars, American dream. And that specific time, the day, in the, on my cozy couch, while I'm fully aware of my salvation of my soul, I know who saved me, I know what I'm saved from, I know where I'm going. But then a question came, a reminder of the country where I came from, Croatia. And the question came, do you know anyone back home that knows the gospel? And I went through the list. The family? No. Friends? No. Neighbors? No. Anyone I know at any point in Croatia? No. And then the next question came in a form. Are you okay with that? So for the last 10 years in prayer, seeking counsel, seeking guidance, how to do this, because it's not going down, it's just increasing, and that's another thing. It will only increase. God is opening the door to go this August, to go back to Croatia, after training, investment, your love, your investment, your love for the Lord and the church. Lord's willing, next year there will be a sovereign grace, Croatia. And it's all because of you. Because you were faithful to live your gift and be faithful with it. I received that gift through you, church. So what has he given you this morning a burden for? Or conviction for. Let me share this story after I get some water. Let me share the story of our brother, brother of ours, John Harper. You probably heard the story, but this is just an amazing story. He was aboard a well known ship Titanic when he night the ship sank. And in this story, we're going to see the love he had for the Lord. And lost. That night, 1,528 people went into the frigid waters. John Harper was seen swimming frantically to people in the water, leading them to Jesus before the hypothermia became fatal. Mr. Harper swam up to a young man who had climbed upon a piece of debris. Reverend Harper asked him between breaths, Are you saved? The young man replied, He was not. Harper then tried to lead him to Christ, only to have the young man who was near the shock reply, no. John Harper then took off his life jacket and threw it to the man and said, here then, you know this more than I do, and swam away to another people, to other people. A few minutes later, Harper swam back to the young man and succeeded in leading him to salvation. Of the 1,528 people that went into the water that night, six were rescued by the lifeboats. One of them was this young man on the debris. 
Four years later, at the survivor meeting, this young man stood up and in tears recounted how John Harper had led him to Christ. Mr. Harper had tried to swim back to help other people, yet because of the intense cold, he grew too weak to swim. His last words before going under the frigid water were, Believe in the name of Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Brothers and sisters, you are the workmanship of God created for good works. In the letter to Ephesians, we are reminded specifically about our salvation. The darkness you have been saved from, helplessness all around, and no light for guidance. Brothers and sisters, in that darkness, we were rescued by the light of gospel of Jesus Christ. We have received the gift of salvation, and it is our joy and responsibility to share the truth that saves souls. And we can remember, as we share our faith, that we are being a witness to the work He did in us. Not some new religion we discovered. I pray this will encourage you to speak boldly of God's work in your own life. I know many of you have amazing stories of God's miracle of salvation in your own lives, or seemingly ordinary ones, but the point is, they're God's stories. There are God's stories of salvation in each one of you. I know many of you have people around you who are burdened for, who you know need to hear your testimony, what God did in your life, the gift of salvation He gave you. God Almighty has prepared a perfect workplace for you. And whatever work the Lord has given you, may you do it with all your heart and with all the strength He will supply you for His glory. The word, the word of God says in 1 Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as the one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How do we serve? We are God's workmanship saved by grace through faith in Christ and created for good works prepared beforehand. Helplessly lost, destined for destruction, saved by amazing grace and created for good works. Our lives do not belong to us, brothers and sisters. They were bought with the priceless blood of Jesus Christ. Our lives belong to Him. Let us give it all to our Master and Lord, our Redeemer and Savior. The Creator of future has prepared the path of our service. And He has called you, specifically, specially. You are perfectly made for the special task of serving the Lord and being part of his mission. You have received the gift that needs to be shared. Let us pray. Lord, I, just being reminded again this morning, God, first of your presence, that God Almighty, creative universe, is here with us, Lord. And that we, sinners saved by grace, 
and your children. That you hold us in your hand, God, and that you will never let us go. That you know the future. You know the path in front of us. God, you're seeking our desperation for you, Lord. And I pray with the Holy Spirit that all of us in this room are desperate for the Lord. Because your mercies are fresh every day, God. Holy Spirit, use this church, your church, your body, God, for your glory. God the Father, thank you for your Son that brought us home. Thank you that you have You're preparing a home for us. And Lord, thank you that you're calling each one of us to do something that is so amazing. To speak boldly of your gift of salvation to us, God. Father, I pray for the courage, wisdom that we walk, we step out, and we go in our neighborhoods, Lord. That we just speak the truth that you did in our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, and we can only do this with you. It is you and only you. Christ, thank you. Holy Father, we love you. Let me pray in a holy Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Mario, for that reminder of God's amazing grace. And church, I was thinking about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the verse that Mario just read from. For we are his workmanship, it says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I was thinking how so often that verse, we typically just think uh, just of individual works. But one of the things I love about this is, you know, the book of Ephesians is written to a church, isn't it? We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And that's individual works that we do for God. It's also together corporately as church bodies. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And uh, I believe, we believe that one of those good works that God has prepared in advance for us as a church is for a church plant to go forth from our church to Croatia. And we are just in all of God over that. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we're going to take a second offering here in just a moment for our Christ Community Church Mission Fund. So church, if you could just begin to prepare your heart to give. We believe that part of our heart here is We need to really pray for God to provide. Let me make you aware of just a few of the needs. Um, We have put a dent already in some of the $30,000 that needs to happen in order for Mario and Jen to get over to Croatia. But there's still a $20,000 need over this summer for them to raise to get over there. We're hoping that the offering today is going to put a big dent in that. And so would you please just seek the Lord and just and step out in faith and 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 give In addition to that, in September, once Mario starts over in Croatia, he's going to begin an an internship where he's going to stay in close contact with us, but he's going to be in a church over there that is very like-minded to ours in the gospel, and he's going to continue his Sovereign Grace internship over there to prepare for the church plant 
That's going to run from September to, to March. And then in March of 2017, the plan is for a soft launch for the church plant to begin. And then from March through August, that soft launch and outreach preparation work is going to begin really in earnest. The hope at this point is for Daniel and Caitlin Crocker to then join them in the early summer of 2017 to help prepare in the midst of that soft launch for this work to be fully established. And the goal is for the hard launch or for the church plant to officially start September of 2017. Mario and Jen are going to need, their budget is $3,500 a month needed to maintain them there. Just so you know, we are going to give $1,000 a month as a church to help support and supply that need. And that's going to flow out from our tithes and offerings. So we're giving a special offering today. But I want to also remind you, please, church, if you could just pray and step out in faith. Ask God to really prepare your heart, help you, even over the course of this year, your tithes and offerings that you give, giving 10% of your income to the work of the Lord here in our local church, bringing the full tithe into the storehouse, as the Word of God talks about, and allowing us to have plenty so that we can give out into the mission. It's huge, and and we want to be able to give a a bare minimum of $1,000 a month and also be able to be prepared to even give more if the need were to so arise. Sovereign Grace's Northeast region is also going to supply $833.33 a month to, uh, or $10,000 for that year to help supply us and help us in partnership. And so you read that, do the math, they have $3,500 in terms of need. That'll take us closer to 2000 So they are going to need $1,500 a month still. Um, in terms of their needs over there beginning in September. Uh, Mario and Jan are going to really press into fundraising over the summer. They're going to be traveling throughout the remainder of the summer to six other Sovereign Grace churches, sharing the gospel and also talking about Croatia. If you could pray for that endeavor, we're hoping that there'll be some monthly donors that would come out of that, that churches would give generously to help our church in relation to um, helping to get them over there um, in August. Also, uh, the card that was given to you and your announcements, you can put this in your refrigerator to remember to pray for Mario and Jen. But if you notice down in the information, there's down on the bottom right, there's a link to our church's website. We actually have a link for the Croatia church plant on our website. And John Reyes did a great job setting up the possibility for online giving so that Mario and Jen can do their fundraising and point people to our church website and uh, donors, monthly donors in our church or individuals also um, outside of our church can give online to help support Mario and Jen to, to, to meet these needs. Mario and Jen also have a blog, and the link to that blog is on that page on our church website. Um, read the two posts that they have on their blog. It's just, it'll inspire you in relation to the work in Croatia. You guys will love their blog. They'll also be able to keep in touch with us through the blog, so we'll be paying careful attention to this church. We are not a church that's going to just send works out and then forget about them, or just send checks and not, we, we do things in deep partnership and, in our church and in our family of churches, we're going to be friends with these guys, uh, Lord willing, for the rest of our lives. And it's going to be a deep contact. We're preparing to support and help that church all the way for many years ahead. And uh, we're looking forward to um, how God's going to provide for all of our needs as a church in relation to that. 
And so if you could just all pray, and as you, as you think about giving, you can, anytime you have a burden from the Lord to give to the mission to Croatia, you can write a check to Christ Community Church and put Christ Community Church Mission Fund in the, in the memo line, and that money will go uh, to the church plant in Croatia. This money here is going to help support the church plant to Croatia that you're giving right now. And so thank you so much um, for your generosity, church. And church, could we just really pray right now, even as the ushers come forward? Ushers, if you could come forward, let's all seek the Lord in prayer and ask for God's blessing on this good work, which he has prepared in advance for us to do as a local church. This is our work that he's given to us. Let's see it done by his grace and for his glory. Let's let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to see the gospel be sent out from our church. We are so excited that it's Croatia. Thank you so much for Mario and Jen. Thank you for Daniel and Caitlin. Thank you for the way that you have moved upon all of our hearts. This burden has not just been theirs, it's it's ours. We share it as a church and Lord, I pray that we all as a church body would own this work and that we would do everything we can to see it well established for your glory. We pray that there would be many lost sinners saved in Croatia and that a vibrant local church that preaches the gospel of grace soundly would be established over there. Bless Maureen and Jen over this summer as they seek to fundraise and, and gather more and more prayer support from within our family of churches and sovereign grace. Please supply all their needs. And Lord, I pray that you would just touch their hearts with fresh faith this morning. That Lord, what you call us to do, you pour out grace and supply all our needs for Thank you so much. And we cry out as a church for that as well. You see our needs, Almighty God. Would you please provide for us as a church for all of our needs so that we can supply in strength these good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. We know that you're going to raise up other good works for us to do. Thank you so much for all the provision that you've provided for us in the past. And we also look to you to provide for us even right now for this wonderful work. This has been your heart. This is your desire. This is not our will. This is your will. Provide for us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, ushers. You can begin to pass the offering plates out and let us all just remain in a spirit of prayer. And as as you're giving, let us just pray for Croatia. Thank you so much, church, for your generous giving. Verse 4 of Ephesians 2. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. For any who have not repented of their sins and turned away from their old life yet, we want to ask you to do so at this time. Lay behind your sins to follow, genuinely follow Jesus Christ, to repent and believe.
For those of you who already have repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, go forth this morning, dear brothers and sisters, with that precious remembrance. God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved you, even when you were dead in your trespasses, made you alive together with Christ. Go forth today, remembering frequently that he's done that over your life. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful day.